Today on the show, we're talking about camping. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host of Simple Money Solutions Podcast and joined with my co-host Trevor. And given the, the month of the year and the weather we've been getting, we're talking about camping today. Yeah, so camping is a, it sounds like a fluffy topic, but I can honestly say, so camping is what we did as a vacations with our, when my family was young and it, it really molded and shaped my family and it, it left a legacy for them. So this sounds like a fluffy topic, but I, th- I think there's more here than you think. And I think Given that we live in, I mean, I guess anywhere, anyone listening to this, I feel like camping almost touches everyone too, from the sense that it is this very, and we'll go, we'll dive more into this later in the show, but it's a very attainable activity. It's it's easily enjoyable and I, I or easily enjoyed by, by many people. So I think it's this, this, this kind of activity that can be very widespread. It's not this exclusive club where you have to have a motorcycle or or a, uh, a $60,000 truck to participate. Well, and you're correct. So this is within reach for, I think, everybody listening to this. Everyone listening to this could, with, for a very small investment, do some form of camping. You know, there's, obviously, like you said, there's RV camping. There, there's, uh, there's all sorts of camping. But, I mean, you can go to Walmart or Canadian Tire and get a, 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 a tent. I've seen them on sale for $20. So to get started in camping, you, you could do this for a very low entry fee. So before we kind of spill the beans on any other points within this episode, let's dive into the leading question of this episode. And this question sounds a little basic, but I think it's an important one to ask ourselves. And it is it, do you really enjoy camping? And I think this is an important question. A lot of people just, I'm yet to meet the person where they, there's, there's just a handful of people I've met that don't, that honestly say they don't like camping or they've never tried it and they never would just based on the descriptions they've been given of camping. But a lot of people say they love camping. But I think if you really ask yourself, do I like camping? I've come up with three questions. And this this will help you get to the core of if camping is really something you like to do. Or do you just like the idea of camping? And I think there's a ton of people who just love the idea of camping, but they don't actually like the act of camping. So those those three questions you mentioned, number one are, are you camping for convenience or cost? So camping for convenience or cost. So this is a question to, to get to the core. Do I really like camping? If you are camping to save money, meaning your accommodations are cheaper at a campground than they are at a hotel, if that is the reason you're camping, just know that's why you're doing it. And don't pretend you like camping. Don't pretend you like having dirt in every mouthful of food you eat. <laughs> you know, don't don't pretend you like outhouses and communal showers. Like, don't pretend those are things you enjoy if you're doing it purely for a cost perspective. There's nothing wrong with that because you will save a ton of money camping. Your accommodations and your meals will be dramatically cheaper. So I- embrace that if that's the reason you're going. But don't pretend you love nature if it, you're going from a pure cost perspective. And where this might come into play is if you are taking a road trip from one end of the country to the other and camping, and you do have to sleep somewhere along the way, then camping versus a hotel could be your go-to method of of simply getting some sleep uh, somewhere. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that later in the show as a strategy for camping, but there's nothing wrong with with going camping for cost reductions reasons. Just, Just accept that that's why you're doing it. And, and so if, if, if you're answering yes, okay, do you really enjoy camping? I'm saying if it's a, from a cost perspective, I'm going to say no, you do not enjoy camping. You enjoy saving money. I like that. And, and that leads us to number two. So the second question to ask yourself if you're really trying to uncover if you like camping is, do you really enjoy nature? So I do, but I'm not, I'm not some sort of nature expert, but here's... You have to like some aspect of nature. So, and you have to I'm love getting bit by mosquitoes. Well, no, you <laughs> have to not. That has to. You have to enjoy nature more than the, all the obstacles of, of being in nature. So, for the, and you'll know if you do if there's some aspect of nature you like. So, I love. I'm very fascinated by birds. So I will go out into nature to see birds. So if I go camping, I I get to see birds 
all day long. So for me, that that's a win. I know some people are fascinated by mushrooms. Some people are fascinated by plants. Like whatever draws you outside. If 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 you're drawn to some aspect of nature, then it could be fishing, it could be hunting, any of those things. It, what if something draws you into nature? Then then you probably will embrace camping for the, those reasons to to just to get to nature. So again, ask yourself: Do you really enjoy camping? I enjoy camping because I love getting out into the wilderness to observe birds. That's that's an example for me. That that's how I know uh, camping really resonates with me because it gives me that that opportunity. And then for me personally, the reason I love getting out into nature is just the whole sense of serenity and peacefulness that comes along with the, the stillness of the environment. And nothing will take the stress of your life like a walk in the woods. It, it's, it's magical. The power that has, all you have to do is hear some birds and, and just, it is, it's mind-blowing what that can do. Oh, it is. So that's number two. That's the third question. Ask yourself. And the third is give. And I like this question. This is, these questions are from Trevor. And this third one really made me think. So number three is given unlimited money, would you still go camping? This is the ultimate question. So giving unlimited money, would you still choose to camp? I mean, this. So the other three questions are gives you a general idea if this is your thing. But if you had. So if I have the means to take all kinds of vacations, the financial means, I still choose to camp. So that is, to me, that that says I, I do and truly embrace camping and the nature aspect of it. And I think that question really is the true test of our original question, do you really enjoy camping? So Trevor, this, this micro list that we put together here to ask ourselves if we really enjoy camping, if, if we're on the op- op- opposite spectrum and like you, you gave it a few examples, if, if you've never camped before or if you've had, maybe you've camped once and had a poor experience and decided that you don't like camping or you really can't stand being stung by mosquitoes um, unrelentlessly. If, if so, if you fall under kind of that category of, of you, you obviously know you don't enjoy camping. There's no question about it. You don't need to ask yourself these questions. What, what, what are we, what are we saying to those listeners who are maybe listening and, and fall under that other category. How and, and maybe they're asking themselves, well, Trevor, how how does camping even tie into personal finance? Yes, I know camping can be a cost saving measure, but but how else can can I what can I pull away from this episode? As you bring a good point, you know, why are we talking about camping on a personal finance podcast? I, I think we're talking about camping because it is a it is a lifestyle you can embrace. It's a outlet for vacations. It's it's something that could be uh, almost a hobby, a time-consuming hobby. So, but for the people that don't, they've come to the answer to this question, you know, given the ultimate question, given unlimited money, I would choose to not go camping. I'm going to say to those people, if they've never tried it, there's different kinds of camping. And I've kind of broken camping into three types. And I would say, try all three before you pass judgment on, I don't like camping. So like Trevor said, we are going to get into the types of camping and also some considerations when it comes to camping. But to, to kind of follow up on my question that... Well, and I, I just want to say, so, and don't, if you don't like camping and, okay, it, here's, if you don't have the financial means to take vacations and stay in hotels and resorts, I would say revisit camping and you may, you know, based on financial means, you, you this may be your only alternative to vacations. So you may just need to embrace the concept of, of camping from, from a financial standpoint. But that's a horrible way to go camping because it, it, it actually, it's, we'll get into this later, but it actually creates misery. But I would say maybe try to learn to like it. No, I like this. I like where you're going with this because I know... I know the things that have, that we do and experience when we are younger shape us as we grow older. And I know you were saying that earlier, Trevor. And for me, and we will dive into this, but camping, camping for me has become something that's just in my blood, I swear, because the mosquito, all the mosquito bites. No, because I, I was literally, my parents told me, I've, I've been camping since basically not the day I was born, but essentially that that's how long I have gone camping on a yearly basis. And 
that and I think I I don't know. I'd like to hear I'd like to someone to argue me on this, but I truly believe that kind of simple life activities maybe turn you into a an individual who appreciates the simplicity in life. And when when you when you when you kind of create so many memories and and excitement and 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 so many of those like good fueled moments from simplicity, it evolves into you appreciating simplicity. Yeah, you you bring the point that it- when you go camping, if you take your family camping and you you develop a legacy of family camping, you part of camping is is trying to manage or survive with with less comforts of life, and it actually it becomes a test. It becomes a a metal test. Test your metal that you can survive. If if it's a it's not a competition, but it's really a test to yourself. You know. Could I survive a week without the internet, or could I survive a week without some form of electronics? You know, it kind of takes you back to just you know sitting around a campfire and and getting joy out of of not uh, high intensity stimuli. So I do now want to jump into the types of camping and the camping considerations. So when we're talking about types of camping. This there's also a financial impact that comes into play here because as we we are going to go through this list and it is listed from um, least expensive to most expensive type of camping. So I think sometimes with a lot of maybe activities that we do in our lives or a lot of things that exist that there there often and sometimes is these preconceived notions about um, the, the kind of the cost or the output that goes along with these things because I'm um, you the MEC and, and and sale and and all these outdoor stores they exist for a reason and and I think it's maybe with these types of activities it's easy to assume that there it is a cost intensive activity but we are going to jump into each of the types and kind of maybe look at the kind of over a high level overview of the costs and and equipment bare bare necessity equipment that go along with these just kind of bring some uh, realistic approach to each type of camping so the first type of camping we're going to talk about is car camping yeah so car camping is basically you you camp beside your car and that sounds crazy but this is the camping people re- most people do you you drive you park on your campsite you set your tent up beside your your car basically or in the same vicinity and you 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 basically live there beside your car, so you you could store stuff in your car. But the, the car car camping the car p- plays a very small role in the the act of camping. I just call it car camping because your car is very close by. But this is a the most people. This is the only camping they'll ever do. This is their first exposure to camping. Uh, car camping has a very low cost barrier to entry. Uh, basically, you just need a a Walmart tent, Walmart sleeping bags. Uh, you need a some some for, some way to cook your food. You could do it over an f- open fire. You could get, buy a camp stove. Uh, the the cost of getting into this is very low. Um, you could certainly get in, you could probably be set up well for five hundred dollars, maybe even less than that. You know, it, it, it's that this is probably the camping most people will only do. The thing with so with car camping is you could also if you're on a vacation say you're going across the province or the country, you could do car camping with intermittent hotel stays. This is the common thing I know a lot of people I know do this, and it, it's sort of a hotel slash camping. And it, you would do this in an effort to save money, but it's it's the lowest cost form of camping. And like you said, this is the one definitely that I, I truly believe with you is experienced most often throughout one's life. And uh, and it, I do this one I, I like because it's easy to kind of find a camp. There's tons of campgrounds, at least in it, we're situated in Ontario right now, but a, across Ontario, there's tons of, of campgrounds that cater to this type of camping. So it's it makes it very accessible. And I've come up with three forms of camping, each one getting more expensive. I would tell everyone, you know, test drive car camping before you do any other type of camping. So the next type of camping is wilderness camping. So this is where you you leave your car in a parking lot, you you strap on a backpack or get in a canoe and you head into the deep woods. This is like outback. In Ontario we have a place called the Gonquin Park and it is it goes on forever. Uh, it it's it's wilderness camping. You you end up in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's no cell phone coverage. There's nothing, and there's no electricity. 
Well, that's the other thing with car camping is you you have running water and electricity without camping. So wilderness camping, you you have nothing. It's basically you in the wilderness. So this one, it costs more money for a couple of reasons. One is you you need relatively lightweight equipment, especially if you're backpacking, putting on your back. You don't want to be carrying a 40-pound camp stove. <laughs> you won't get very far. But And you also need like a water filtration system. Uh, you need a super lightweight tent. And it all has to pack up pretty small. So if you've ever been to one of these outdoor stores like Courtney's mentioning, MEC or Sale, this lightweight, small, compact stuff costs a fortune. I mean, the the lighter it weighs, the more it costs. The smaller it packs up, the more it costs. Everything is just outrageously expensive. And it is... For me, it's the most enjoyable form of camping. I, I love canoeing and portaging and getting deep into the woods. That For me, that's that that's my serenity. That, that That's what I camp for. So I would caution people to not do this. Like if Just say you've done car camping and you decide you like it. Don't go wilderness camping on your own. Go with somebody who's been before and learn the ropes. Because this this could become dangerous, particularly if you go in the early spring, late fall. Uh, this this has an element of danger. If you ever got lost in the in the, the backwoods, you don't know how to read a map properly. So, but but it, the, from a, again, this is a personal finance podcast, not a outdoors one. So th- this can be expensive. So if you were to buy all the equipment, try it, and decide you don't like it, well, you've just invested a ton of money into something you're never going to use. So. I, I would caution you that if you can go with somebody else, use a lot of their equipment so you don't have to invest too much money. Uh, you might have to buy a backpack. That probably would be it. Maybe a, a warmer sleeping bag. Those things can be reused in, in other aspects of life. So, But wilderness camping, uh, don't, don't try it alone for the first time. And the nice thing too, when it does come to wilderness camping is, is a lot of the gear sometimes you can rent as well. You can rent the canoe and the barrel if you're going um, canoe camping. So that's always kind of a plus and something to look into uh, certain, if there's certain um, outfitter stores when you go camping. That's a good point, but there's still the element of danger going, you know, for the first time by yourself would, would I, I think represent a lot of danger. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So that's the second type of camping. Um, and then the third type and the most expensive type by nature is RV camping. So RV camping is where you have to buy a, a vehicle or trailer of some sort to accomplish the act of camping. So I've kind of said, basically, it starts at a tent trailer. These are the ones that crank up and have bunks that fold out the sides. A travel trailer, which is a hard-sided trailer, which you would pull behind a truck. And then a motorhome, which was is it basically a, a, a trailer with a you basically drive it. I think everyone knows what a motorhome is. So the, these are a huge capital investment. It's a different form of camping. It's kind of like car camping, but more comfortable. And it's it's more comfortable in that you're not on the ground on a, in a tent. You're you're up off the ground. You generally have a, a running water and a stove at your disposal. Some of them you have a washroom, your own your own private washroom. So this this comes at a huge cost. Now tent trailers are not terribly expensive but when you get into travel trailers and motorhomes you're talking huge investments again you can rent these give that concept of camping a test drive i do not go out and buy these things first you know to, to start with unless you've been with somebody and you've said yeah i really like this but even then uh borrowing somebody's equipment or staying with somebody who has the equipment and then having your own and for instance if pulling a, a travel trailer can be very intimidating Backing it up can be even more intimidating. So, and I've never drove a motorhome, but I got to think that's even more intimidating. So, you may like the idea of staying in it, but part of of RV camping is is towing these things and backing them up, leveling them, and all these RVs come with uh, the same kind of systems your house does: the electrical, the plumbing, the heating, and these things break down, go wrong. The, the if if you're not handy yourself to fix them, getting these things repaired, you got to go to specialty shops that cost a lot of money. So I would say, and then these things are not investments. The these RVs, the minute you buy them, they're like cars; they go down in value. So this is this is pure expense. If you buy these things new, they will they'll be their value will be cutting half in one year. So just 
So if you buy one of these and you decide you don't like it, you've, you've, you've suffered a huge financial consequence. You can't, this is something you don't want to get wrong. So I would absolutely rent before I bought and I would rent a few times. I might even do it for a whole season renting. And that may sound financially wrong, but trust me, if you were to buy it and decide you didn't like it, it would be even a bigger financial disaster. And I think there's definitely a place, I mean, for RV camping. Yes, there's a big cost associated with it if you do pursue it, but it does work for uh, for different lifestyles. Pretend you're driving across Canada or or you're going to use it more as a, as a home. Um, I, th- I think there's definitely places for that. Well, you know, with the price of fuel, I don't know that. I, I think with Airbnb and some, you know, not terribly cheap hotels, but reasonably priced hotels, I've done a, an analysis. And if you are just say you're retired, and so I so I've done this analysis, and it doesn't make for great audio, so I'm not going to get into the details. But I've I've determined that if you are if you're travel if you're going to do say a cross country travel and you just wondering, should I hotel it or should I have an RV? I've come up with a, if, if you're going for three months or less, it's, it's cheaper to rent a hotel than it is to buy the RV. Once you get past the three month window, so this is you living in this for three months a year, then it is cheaper to own the RV. So I, you know, I might put that in the show notes because it was a pretty interesting analysis. I, I've taken a lot of things in consideration, uh, fuel, the, the the cost of owning a truck if you're towing a trailer, the uh, campground fees, which are more expensive than you think. So there, there's a lot of cost considerations too. Actually, that's another thing with RV camping. If you get full hookups, which means you got uh, water, sewer, and electrical, you pay quite a bit more for those sites. So that's another cost consideration to RV camping. So you're, you 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 can pay as much as fifty or sixty dollars a night to at, to camp in an RV, and so for another fifty dollars, maybe another sixty dollars, you you could be staying in a hotel if that's something that would interest you. No, that's really I think it's important too when you when you contrast against a, a hotel cost as well. Um, but w- when it does come to... Well, and you know, you know, if you're comparing to a hotel, and I'm not saying everybody wants to stay in a hotel, but the extra 50 or $60 could be gobbled up in gas and depreciation on that RV. But when we contrast your the list of questions about if we really enjoy camping, I'm sure that if... That, that if you if you answer yes to do you really enjoy being in nature, um, and then and maybe you say no, you're not camping for the for the cost of convenience. Or you're you know it's a costly thing, but you do enjoy doing it. If you answer all the questions right, or quote unquote right to to kind of satisfy, do you really enjoy camping? I'm sh- that that would kind of justify the RV if if maybe if if that math works out in in your favor. Yes, it would. You know, so so I've done all, all I've done two of these types of camping. I've never done RV camping, but well, actually, I, okay, I I've, I owned a tent trailer, but it was kind of an older one, and I, I had a bad experience, so I don't really count that as a a good RV camping experience. But I'm I'm entertaining the idea of buying an RV, like a travel trailer, and when I retire and doing a bit of uh, dis, long distance traveling and and living in it for a, a period of time to see the country. So I I. I've done the the first two types of camping, so I do. I haven't. I'm entertaining the idea of doing the RV camping. And we have had we had a couple on a while ago, way way seasons ago or years ago. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, that's what they did, and it was it it was amazing to hear. We we actually had them on for an interview. Um, we'll put their information in the show and like the show notes, so you can check them out. But it was it was incredible to hear about that. So it's definitely a lifestyle that, and they have a blog actually too. So it's a lifestyle worth pursuing if. If that's something that you're really passionate about, and 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 I they I, they sold their home, so that's what they that's what they were doing, and they were they were loving it. I think if I recall, they came they were in Prince Edward Island, right? Uh yes, and then they ended up in Tofino, and, BC. and they traveled all the way to Tofino, BC. Yes, so they literally did ocean to ocean. So that that was an interesting story. Yeah, we'll have their information in the in the show notes for you. Check them out after. Um, and, and Trevor, before we leave uh, types of camping, there's one other that I want to include. It's more new. And I actually did a quick search for it. Um, just kind of give some examples of 
of types of this fourth type of camping. And this fourth type is called glamping. So it's glamping with a G. Oh, camping with a G. So glamping. And it's, I mean, it's it's a little bit newer and it's commonly defined. I mean, I'll have, I don't have formal definitions, but it to, to kind of summarize it or, or kind of typify it, it is kind of more luxurious camping. So I did a quick search uh, to see kind of glamping opportunities here. And I just did it in Ontario. Um, but there are tented cabins, yurts, tents, uh, pods, log cabins, cottages, safari tents. Um, so that's kind of, it's a, they're really just open, not open concept. Some of them are open concept, but they're really just kind of, they have the furniture that a, a home or like a home might have, but they're in kind of a tent. So it's kind of, they call it as upscale camping. I wonder what the cost of that is. That's, it sounds like it would be very, you could charge a, a quite a premium for those luxuries to be in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And there are, there, the prices aren't shown exactly. I'm just, I just picked a random website just to kind of look at the options available, but the, the prices aren't shown. But I mean, this, if we're going to talk about types of camping, this would definitely be classified as one. And I don't, I don't know exactly. I, I'm sure I might, I, I'm assuming it'd be less expensive than RV camping. And um, just because you're, you're not actually putting money into this, this big moving thing but it definitely it would classify as a type um again not obviously as as i feel like as wilderness or as outdoor as uh car camping or wilderness camping but i i, I mean it's another option that's as there's tree houses there's everything so it's kind of another option for maybe individuals who are looking for a kind of a different type of experience it sounds like something you wouldn't do from a cost saving standpoint it would be more of an experience thing Ex- yes i i 100 agree with that so I, I, but given that we're introducing glamping into the equation as well, I think that's why it's important to kind of understand what what camping you're engaging in and, and the costs associated with it, and, and maybe and go back to the questions. But would you really enjoy camping, or what are you what are you hoping to get out of your camping experience? So with glamping, you could get back to nature, but not have to suffer the missing out in the conveniences of home. Yes and no, because the, some of them, some of them just literally have a bed and furniture inside of it. So it's just very, it's, you're still going to have to utilize um, the facilities and things like that. I think it just kind of depends, but so, so it, it depends. So you kind of get that mix of, of both, which is, it was, it was, so you're outside, but you're not quite outside. It kind of uh, protected from the elements, it, it appears. So th- that that sounds interesting. So that's something that's happened since I've camped. Yes, yes. And so yeah, this is this is why the uh, millennial brings it up is because it's uh if, if anyone is on maybe Instagram or anything like that, there this kind of a phenomenon. It's like it's it's on those on those accounts that the that where you the you know the the really picturesque um pictures that they show sometimes on Instagram or social media accounts. That is where glamping falls under. It's this very kind of it, it looks very pretty. So I it it is very new. So those are the types of camping. Um, if you have a favorite type of camping that just that we've talked about so far, let us know. I'm curious to see what everyone else, what everyone listening to this, what your favorite kind of type of camping is. It'd be really interesting to hear. Um, so we'll move from types of camping to camping considerations. And this is where kind of the, the hearty part of this episode comes in. We're going to talk about all the things to consider about camping. And, and, and maybe if you're not already a camper, we might convince you uh, maybe of some things that w- maybe will make camping f- for you. So the first one is most kids love camping. And so the reason I mentioned most kids love camping is because if you went camping as a kid and it seemed like a great thing when you were growing up, going camping as a parent is a lot of work. So you have to be in it for the love of camping. You have to be in it for the love of nature because the the amount of work you're going to do taking your kids camping it's going to be tenfold to what you'd be doing at home. And the younger your kids, the harder you're going to work. So kids love camping. I, I'm yet to find the kid that doesn't. They might not like every aspect of camping, but they like camping as a whole. But for parents, it, you if you're going just to save money and you're taking a young family with you, you will run out of steam in a hurry. So So if you are going just to save money, don't don't book two weeks at a park because you, you won't last. But I, I would say try to embrace some aspect of it. You could even if you just loved camping for the aspect of the campfire, if that's all you got out of it as a parent, that might be enough to keep you camping. You know, just sitting around a campfire telling stories with your kids. If if that was enough, then then 
that's, that's probably enough to keep you going. And I think there's a lot, back to the whole simplicity element, I think there is so much to see and experience as, as a child. I remember that's what I remember most about camping is just all oh, the, the newness and the, the change of environment. So I think that level of simplicity is, is, it can't be something that's overlooked. So the second consideration is camping comes with built-in entertainment. So this, my, what I just said directly leads into this point. So you think of campgrounds I've been to with my kids. So we'd wake up in the morning and nobody would say, what should I wear? You put on your bathing suit because we're going to the beach at some point. So that's built-in entertainment. Uh, in the evening, we're either sitting around the campfire or if you, in Ontario, we have provincial parks and they, they usually have what's called an amphitheater. And at the amphitheater, there's quite often a, some sort of presentation going on, some sort of musical thing going on. There, there's always something there. So if you're not at a campfire, you're going to one of those. Again, all this is in the park. It's all free. Of course, campfires are cost of wood to burn, but that's not, that's insignificant cost. Uh, you can go fishing. You can get a canoe. If you have a canoe, paddle around. I mean, go on your bikes, pedal around. Camping it has built-in low-cost entertainment, maybe no-cost entertainment. Uh, a lot of the campgrounds I went to with my family have visitor centers with uh, interesting things about nature. There's uh, park interpreters, which will take you on hikes to explain different things of nature to your you or your children. So there is a, there's something to do every day, all day long. So there is no shortage. I mean, hiking down trails, it, it, campground. I have such fond memories of taking my family camping. So I, I, I embraced it. My family embraced it. But it comes with built-in entertainment, which you 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 would never have bored children on your hands, or at least I never did. And and I, that if you're looking from the family perspective too, that doesn't include that doesn't exclude all of the the kind of um, the the card games and and those types of things that you can bring from home to to kind of play with um, while you're camping as well. And then from an adult perspective too, I mean, I know I every time I go camping, I just lie on the beach, and I, I, obviously you don't need to be entertained as as heavily as when you're an adult as you do when you're a kid, but. Um, there, the, the element of relaxation is, is the perfect kind of entertainment. And, you know, some of the best ent- entertainment we had as a young fam when I had my family camping was torrential downpours. Oh yeah. Um, you know, when it, I'm talking movie rain, like when it rains in the movies, Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that kind of rain and, I'll, and I'm that sh- was entertainment in itself. And then I'm sure everyone listening to this is nodding their head right now. Like the massive thunderstorm, the the making sure your tent doesn't become like drenched in a puddle. Like that, those t- types of entertainment that we've all experienced camping are, are I'm sure the ones that stick in your in your mind. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's yes, that's a key point. The, the little things that wouldn't normally become entertainment. The third camping consideration is equipment. The right equipment will make a big difference. So can you can you talk about this point maybe from the different uh, types of camping perspective? Well, obviously, so I'm going to say car camping, the, the cost of entry is so low that you're going to have, most people are going to go car camping with adequate equipment because the equipment needed for car camping doesn't cost a lot. But you get into wilderness camping, if you don't have the right equipment, just say you don't your water purification system's not the best you, that that could you could get sick while you're out there if if you run out of camp fuel or, or your camp stove fails you in the middle of nowhere all of a sudden you can't cook your food you, you, you there's an element of danger so not having the right equipment for wilderness camping is is really dangerous. if you have a a canoe that is not uh water worthy or it's questionable whether it's water worthy like those kind of things it's just dangerous. So it makes a big difference to have good wilderness equipment. If you're RVing and you have an old or older RV, uh, I, I mentioned they have all the same systems your house does, you know, electrical, water, heating, plumbing. It, those things, when they start to fail an older RV, it can suck the fun out of camping in in a hurry. So having good equipment when you're camping, it, it just you're able to just focus on enjoying your time and enjoying being outdoors, not working on your RV or jerry-rigging a stove in the middle of nowhere to get it to work. So those kind of things, they they make a, they make such a difference. So I'm saying, but there's a cost to those things. You you to have good quality equipment that is is in good working condition, that there's a cost associated with that. So just know when you're going camping, don't don't go with with 
equipment that's going to, you think might fail or it's probably going to fail because you'll just be miserable. So the fourth consideration is location. If you desire the most sought off, sought after places, it will cost. With camping, just say you're, you're camping to save money rather than staying in a hotel. Well, chances are you are really far away from the attractions you're actually going to see. Let's just use the example. So I live in Ontario and Niagara Falls is a common vacation destination for a lot of people. Well, if you want to stay in a campground and go visit Niagara Falls, there is a, uh, a campground right in the town of Niagara Falls, but it is outrageously expensive. Like they know that everyone wants to stay there and it's, it doesn't really feel like camping because it's like right downtown Niagara Falls. So it really makes for a, a horrible camping experience. I'm trying and really a, hard to imagine that right now. A camping ground? And, wow. Yeah, and you pay a premium to stay there, like an outrageous premium considering you brought your own accommodations. So so if you want to camp, you end up, you know, you're looking at a 30 or 40 minute drive just to get to the attractions. So it, it it's it's a con- thing to consider. If, if you're camping to save money, you're going to pay for it in one way or another. And you might pay for it in travel. So it's it, that that's sort of the down one of the downsides or one of the considerations to camping and the reason you might be camping. And I think it's important you this is a the, you, this isn't the first time you said that Trevor the the you mentioned earlier to the the camping for for convenience and cost and and I think that's really to reiterate an important point to to keep mentioning because my mom always has this saying that there's a good walk and a bad walk if you if it's if you have to walk because it's your only form of transportation it's sometimes a bad walk but if you're walking for the enjoyment of it and the the fresh air and that the health benefits and and everything that comes along with walking then it's a good walk so I think always keeping that touch in the back of your mind but why you're camping why you're here and, and what the the goal of camping is i think will always make camping an enjoyable experience and if you're camping you might be trying to do get both experiences out of it. just say you're camping because you want to be in the wilderness you know back to nature and you want to go see niagara falls well you you could accomplish both of those but if you're just camping to save money and you're looking at a 30 or 40 minute drive to get there that may be like you say that 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 represents a bad walk so to kind of i'm gonna say this it's gonna touch on both point three equipment and point four location i think it's important to also keep in mind that both i think personally can make or break a camping experience if there are all camping grounds aren't created equal and all equipment isn't created equal if you had if you forgot your tarp and your tent got all wet or if you didn't forgot your air mattress and you were wet up kind of you woke up kind of damp in the morning and then location if you if you could hear lots of traffic or if the, if there wasn't maybe much privacy between the sites like all these or the, maybe even the washrooms were not uh, well maintained like a lot of these things I think can impact our experiences of camping and these two really can make or break your experience so point number five is meal preparation so this can be really be a uh a game changer when it comes to saving money on vacations. So if you go camping, you obviously you're bringing the, uh, all the infrastructure you need to prepare meals. You, you've got a stove, you've got pots and pans, dishes, you've got a cooler, you've got food. I mean, the, the money you can save by not going to a restaurant is astronomical. So, and on top of that, you're probably eating better quality, healthier food. So by, by camping, you, you can save a lot of money in food and you can eat healthier. So th- those are two big pluses. And I find too, when you are camping, meals become more simpler. They become, they, they, you're kind of, your just expectation for that meal just kind of lowers. And I, I, will, I do want to talk about expectation later in the show, but just your expectation around food altogether isn't is not quite what it would be at home because you do understand subconsciously that you are making kind of sacrifices to the, to the the ingredients that you're using or how it's prepared. Well, in my kids, there's stuff we would cook over an open fire that my kids would never eat at home, and they I couldn't they couldn't get enough of it at the campground. So the, everything seems to taste better outside, even though it's got dirt in it. <laughs> Everything's got dirt in it when you're camping. Uh, it just tastes better outside. I don't know what there's a, maybe there's some science behind that, but I really believe everything tastes better when you're camping. And I want to say something. So here's an experience I had, and I, I kind of got schooled in meal uh, preparation once. So I mentioned Niagara Falls. So once I had my family, we were in Niagara Falls and we were, 
we were seeing all the sights and we were kind of tired. So it was, we sat down in the park and we looked at our watch and it was like, it was noon and everyone was hungry. And there's, I have a, so I have a family of five. And so we just sat down just to catch our breath and rest for a minute and ponder what we were going to do for lunch. And beside, beside us sat down another family. They threw down a, a picnic blanket or actually a couple of picnic blankets and there were seven of them. So a very large family. And they pulled out a two loaves of bread, a jar of peanut butter, and uh, a bunch of bananas out of a shot grocery bag. And they proceeded to make peanut butter sandwiches and eat bananas for lunch. And I thought, this is how it's done. So if a family seven, I can't imagine how much money they saved by not eating at a rest, overpriced restaurant in downtown Niagara Falls. They were, that. that's what I call meal preparation. Those people were prepared. And I mean... There, I, I again, the fraction of that meal was, is, is like you said, that's that's where the savings comes in. So that's number five is meal preparation. Number six is the more comforts of home you desire, the harder you will work. So this one is, this comes from experience camping. So, you know, when I started camping, what we did is we we brought a tent, and then we had a dining tent. So a dining tent is a is a screened in structure where you 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 have a picnic table you your stove and everything and you basically you eat and cook in your dining tent well a dining tent it's it's crazy so with a dining tent as soon as you set it up the expectations of cleanliness and kitchen-like environment go up dramatically and you will work your tail off trying to create that that home kitchen-like environment and trying to have three kids keep the zipper down on a dining tent is <laughs> that you, you that's a game you're not going to win it, it, it that that just yeah, that's a a losing battle so we ended up switching to just a tarp so if it, you you obviously want to be able to pre- prepare meals if it's raining so we ended up going with tarps and th- that worked perfect because i mean you're either under the tarp if it's raining you're dry if all your your cooking stuff is under the tarp it stays dry and it just the the expectation of cleanliness and kitchen like environment went down dramatically and it was a game changer for me now when you're wilderness camping uh you, there there's obviously no kitchen you're, you're you you quite often you eat out of the the utensil you cook in so there's there's very few dishes so wilderness camping is even easier and sometimes when you're wilderness camping lunch is nothing more than a handful of nuts and raisins and a piece of fruit so that that and you're getting all the nutrients you need to survive. It's just not this elaborate meal. So I, I think the more you try to make it look like home, the harder you're going to work to to maintain that. And it becomes just misery for me anyway. Because you can definitely lose your mind when it comes to this specific area. I mean, I've seen, and I mean, if, if you're listening to this and you have one, I, it's, I've, I think they look impressive, but this is not something that you need to go out and get. But it's one of those... Um, kind of kitchen it, it, it honestly like a little kitchen setup you put uh, like you can hang things off of it and it's it, it's I don't, I don't, it's almost like a sink you can put a you can put a, like a wash basin and it's kind of like a stand-up kitchen I guess and so it's easy to kind of want to get into camping and, and think that you maybe need all of these things but like Trevor has demonstrated you really there's not you can keep it as minimal as you would like well and I think if you're trying to get it too kitchen uh, too much of a kitchen like environment you probably should be transitioning to rv camping because then you do you you've got all the comforts of your your home kitchen with you oh i like that so that that's actually a bigger point than just that point so if if, if you're camping and, and and you notice that you're kind of reverting or are wanting to experience different things like you're, you're noticing that yeah like you're saying trevor that maybe you enjoy that structured kitchen or maybe you're wilderness camping and you're you're or you're car camping you're like oh i eat it all and you can picture yourself kind of doing the things that you maybe do wilderness camping maybe that's just a sign that you're you're you prefer or would be better suited for other types of camping or, or you've kind of got all you can out of car camping or wilderness camping, and now you need to transition into some other form of camping. Definitely. So number seven is have dedicated camping equipment and supplies. What makes this point make our list, Trevor? So this will add to the cost of camping without question, but having dedicated camping equipment and supplies will make a difference 
one of the hardest parts of camping is getting set, getting packed and, and going. If, if you're, if you have to go and get your can opener out of the house and you, so you've got, so the, here's the, here's the deal. So chances are, if you don't have dedicated camp equipment, when you get to the campground, you will have forgot something that that's, that's basically the summary of that point is if you're relying on, I mean, we had lists. So when we were packed with camping, we had our checklists and every time we got camping and we turned out, we forgot something, we'd add that to the list. But this, the stuff we never forgot was just dedicated camp equipment. So we had dedicated, uh, eating and cooking utensils, pots and pans dedicated to camping. So in our garage was this shelf full of camping equipment. We just loaded it into the car, or the van or whatever we were taking and off we'd go. And we didn't have to wonder, Oh, did we remember the can opener? No, there's a dedicated can opener in the camping equipment. Did we remember the uh, spatula? No, there's a dedicated spatula in the camping equipment. So you didn't have to wonder if you had all your equipment. Did we remember the hatchet? Well, of course I don't keep one in my kitchen, <laughs> but, but it's with the camping equipment. So having dedicated camping equipment, it, rather than, you know, pillaging stuff in your house to take camping. And then the stuff, if you do, once you bring it back home, sometimes you might not want to put it back in your kitchen because it had a pretty rough ride on the camping trip. So that that's the flip side is you might destroy some of your, your, the stuff you use at home on your camping trip in that it still works, but it's not something you want to bring back in your kitchen. So Dedicated camping equipment, you'll use it differently because it's it's just for camping, so you might be a little rougher on it, and that's okay. So I, I just found it, everything that we, when we had dedicated equipment, camping equipment, we could, there was less prep work to get ready to go on a camping trip, which made you know, less work in more enjoyment. I love that point because as like a lot of things in life or some things in life, the the more kind of the stress and the anxiety of, of doing something is more just kind of the preparation and the before you actually do the activity. So I, I love this point, Trevor. I think there's so much weight to it and that it, it maybe makes camping that much more attainable or easier, or less stressful on, on a family or, or a number of individuals. So number eight, I love this point so much. And this point is build a family legacy. Early exposure may have a lasting impact. So this is something that happened to me as a child. So my parents took me camping and I embraced it as a young person and, and camped on my own. And then I had a family, young family. I took them camping and they all embraced camping. So I, I, the legacy has been passed on from generation to generation. And we, we all enjoy camping and we, we still go camping even though my kids are growing and moved out. We still camp as a family. And I, I think it's it's kind of neat that we we have this shared passion and I'm hoping my children continue to build that legacy with their children. It's definitely a way to kind of bring people together in that some people kind of meet at cottages but or some people meet at a campground. Like it's this very, this, this, like you said, it's a way that will always keep your family together. Number nine of 10 points is don't overstay your welcome. So this is one I, I, I've done in, in, Every time, so you don't want to end a vacation on a bad note. So I I found that even kids can get enough camping, right? So they can actually have too much beach. <laughs> it can happen. What? And, and so through experiments and depending on the age of my kids, I found that, you know, 14 days camping is a little too long. You know, the, they kind of did all there was to do and they had enough of their siblings uh, at that point, you know, they, they needed some, some time with their friends. So it was that 10, 12 day, probably closer to 10 days was the perfect window of time to take my, my family camping. Now wilderness camping is a whole other thing. So wilderness camping, I, I found f- five days is the max. After five days, you end up, you having to, having to carry too much food or you run out of food or that seems to be the window of time. Five days is about as long as I can do like a canoe trip or a backpacking trip even shorter. So I I just think I'd rather pack it in on a trip one day too soon than one day too late. That's the whole point of this. So now I've never done RV camping, but I'm guessing you can do that even a little bit longer. You know, that's even bigger windows of time, but I'm sure there's an expiry date on that too. So if you're going to go camping, I, I would plan 
to, to pack it in, you know, one day sooner and, and, and have these, I wish I could have stayed longer thoughts in your head rather than one day longer and saying, wow, that was, you know, more camping than I ever wanted to do. So it just, it's, it's a more of a mindset than anything. And last but not least is point number 10. And point number 10 is go in with no expectations. And this is something I think life in general, I mean, the, the less expectations you have of anything, the more you're likely to enjoy it. The more there's going to be surprised benefits to something if you have no expectations. But if you go there saying, this is going to be the best time ever, you know, or I, I'm going to do all these things and then it rains most of the time, y- your expectations won't be met. So I would say camping specifically, go there with no expectations and you'll come away with just the fondest memories so that brings us to the end of today's show dedicated to camping perfectly timed for this uh for july if if you have any other camping considerations we didn't talk about or any types of camping or or anything else that that you feel is so pertinent to why you enjoy camping or your camping experiences let us know you can always reach out to us via email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com or by visiting our website where we have a contact submission form at livelifesimple.ca. We will have uh, these in our show notes along with um, the our RV friends that we mentioned earlier as well. Um, that will all be in our show notes. You can go refer back there. Um, thank you so much for being here with us today on our episode dedicated to camping. We can't wait to have you back here with us next week for another episode. Until then, keep it simple. <laughs>